What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question is a podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Uh, here's the show goes. You hit me up with your questions about morality, spirituality, relationship advice, uh, catechesis. The list goes on and on and on. I will sit with your questions. I will pray with them. I will study them. And then hopefully I'll respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to be a saint for you to mature in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are a first time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on Spotify and Google Play and any Apple podcast uh, iTunes that are out there. And, uh, and you can share us on your social media pages. If the show has been helpful for you, potentially the show can be helpful for other people as well on today's show is airing on holy thursday and so many of you tonight will be celebrating the mass of the lord's supper uh, which is the institution of the priesthood the priesthood was instituted at the last supper and so it's a a big deal today's a big day for for all of us but particularly for priests because today's the day that we celebrate the institution of our priesthood so a lot of dioceses in the morning celebrate the chrism mass where the priest renewed our promises that we made on the day of our ordination and then tonight we're celebrating the lord's supper with with you all and so um yeah just Blessings, blessings, blessings. And so the question I picked for today's show is a question actually about uh, the priesthood. Uh, and this question comes in from an anonymous person about the spirituality of the priesthood. But before we get into the spirituality of the diocesan priest, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is, yeah, I, I don't think it's possible to be a healthy or a holy or a mature priest without a healthy, holy, and mature team of disciples that walk with the priest. Yeah, just so grateful for our team here at Sacred Heart of Jesus, for, for our team at Ascension, uh, for our, uh, our team in the vocations office. The Lord has blessed me with a bunch of different people who are way more qualified and equipped with gifts and talents and resources, tools that I just do not have. But because I am surrounded by so many amazing people, they give me the opportunity to be a priest and to do things that priests should be doing, right? And it's primarily to pray and to be available for the sacraments. For me, I'm an evangelist to evangelize and I'm a visionary to share the vision, but it's just, yeah, I, I would not be able to do the work that I'm doing for God's church to build God's kingdom and God's will, God's way and God's time and my walk toward eternity if it weren't for the disciples who the Lord has placed in my life, who pray for me, who fast for me, who criticize me and keep me humble, who have insights that are just far more astute than I could ever have regarding Catholic education and regarding ministry in the neighborhood and regarding even spiritual advice that to, be, to give to people. Like I just, I'm so grateful for all these holy people who surround me, uh, who 
I abide in a relationship with on the team at Ascension, the people that do all the work behind the scenes that, that allow me this opportunity to, to simply share the gospel, to share the, the church's teachings. Um, and then they do so much, so much behind the scenes that people would never know. But God knows. And the Lord is so grateful. I'm so grateful. And so, yeah, for all, all the people who I work with, right, all the different teams that I collaborate with, the Lord is so good. Like, yeah, we need people. So my encouragement, yeah, glory story slash encouragement is surround yourself with people who are, are in alignment with the mission that you feel called to, but who are different from you, who have gifts that are different from yours and who even have the talents and the resource to implement the vision, but to be able to use their own creativity to where it won't look the same as you might think that it should look. Because typically, like, we don't have the whole, we don't, we're not God, so we're not going to get the whole thing, Right. We're going to get pieces of the puzzle, and we have to like really rely on the wisdom of the whole community sometimes to get the whole puzzle together, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm just so grateful for the team Yeah, here. And I'm grateful for, for previous teams as well at other parishes and other missions that the Lord has allowed me to serve in. So super grateful. The glory story is the people that God has surrounded me with. I love you very much. I'm grateful for you. And let's keep making saints. All right, now let's get into today's show. question today comes in from anonymous anonymous writes this hey father josh love 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 the show i once discerned religious life with a community many years ago and when i was in that community we had a very structured rule of life regarding uh, our spirituality and i'm just wondering what is the requirements for a diocesan priest regarding his spiritual life well anonymous that is a great great question so obviously we all priests like all people should look to Jesus. Jesus Christ gives us the model. Like, so if we are not attentive and attuned to the person Jesus Christ in the gospels, we will not live out our priesthood well. We're just not gonna, we're not gonna bear the fruit that he wants to bear within us and within our, our lives, within our prayer, within our ministry. And so we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. So look at him in the gospels and what we see him do, that's what we do. Adoration of Christ leads to imitation of Christ. Uh, and so uh, there's a few specifics, though, right? So a lot of people think that priests have to pray the Mass every day. We don't. That is not a requirement. Um, that, that's not a promise that we make at our, at our ordination. We do promise to pray every day, but the prayer that we promise to, to engage in every single day is actually the Liturgy of the Hours. The Liturgy of the Hours, the Psalms, are the prayer uh, that we recite every single day as priest. And so diocesan priest, we make a promise to pray the Liturgy of the Hours five times a day. Uh, this is office of readings. This is morning prayer. Um, this is daytime prayer. Uh, this is evening prayer. And this is night prayer. And so it's really beautiful to pause throughout the day in the midst of our busy day and recite the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, in the Liturgy of the Hours, there are a lot of Psalms. And the Psalms are the prayers that Jesus Christ himself prayed. Obviously, it's Holy Week. And so we're listening to Jesus Christ pray on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Obviously that was a psalm. And so like the psalms, they contain 
a variety of emotions, uh, and some of those emotions are crying out in pain, like Jesus Christ did on the cross. But some of those emotions are rejoicing, are uh, remembering, are longing, are hoping, or adoring, are praising, or even cursing, right? Uh, uh, being sad, interceding for the people. And so when we pray the Psalms, we're always drawn to the fact that there are, there's people in our parish. So a diocesan priest spirituality is connected to the land that he serves in. So for me, it's the Diocese of Baton Rouge, um, and then specifically Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish. And so I have to be attentive to what's going on in the hearts of the people in my geographical boundaries, because that's why I pray the Liturgy of the Hours for. Jesus Christ always interceded for the people, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was praying for the people. So when I pray the, the Liturgy of the Hours, I'm always praying them for other people. I'm praying them for somebody in my parish who is who's despairing right now, or somebody who's rejoicing at the birth of a new baby, or somebody who's lamenting because of infertility, or some, someone who's hopeful because of a potential job opportunity, or somebody who is grateful uh, because of uh, they were accepted to a religious order, whatever it might be. I'm always attentive to, I must pray for my people. And so five times a day I stop and I pray, no matter how busy I am. It's, it's really beautiful to like order my day around my prayers. So like, to like actually like put in my calendar when I'm going to, like my personal calendar, when I'm gonna pray the Liturgy of the Hours. And that way, even if I'm doing something, I can say, oh, I gotta go. I have an appointment with God and His Word and I need to go intercede for my people. Uh, so the, the, it's really beautiful. Dorothy Day, she's a servant of God. She says, my strength returns to me in my cup of coffee and the reading of the Psalms. So it's beautiful to like be very giving of ourselves in ministry and then to receive from God as we're praying the Liturgy of the Hours, because we're praying the prayers of Christ. Christ is praying these prayers in and through us. Um, and so he, just, he, he restores us. Whenever we pray, we are, are restored. And so it is good for a priest to celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every single day. I do that um, practice. I think that it's encouraged for priests to celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every day, but it, it's not mandatory. Um, if a priest did not want to, though, I would say that's problematic. Like if a priest didn't, long to celebrate mass every day if he wasn't drawn to do that then that might be a sign of a big red flag why doesn't he want to to offer the holy sacrifice of the mass and so the diocesan priest spirituality is rooted in his people so knowing his people and then being able to pray for them but also in jesus in the blessed sacrament and so archbishop fulton sheen one of his big big things that he promoted um, that I'm so grateful for is the Holy Hour. Jesus Christ, the very first thing he asked the apostles to do after their ordination at the Last Supper was to sit, watch, and pray for one hour. And so Archbishop Fulton Sheen, he always emphasized how crucial and how necessary a daily Holy Hour with Jesus Christ and the Blessed Sacrament was for the priest if he was going to be able to serve his people well. And, and Fulton Sheen even emphasizes that the neglect of prayer is the first step in a disciple's going astray. Jesus shows us this in the gospel whenever he said, Peter, wake up and pray. If you don't pray, you're going to fall into temptation. So if a priest is going to remain faithful to his promises, if he's going to remain faithful to serving his people, if he's going to remain faithful to virtue, he must pray. And when we pray, God gives us the grace to, to stay faithful uh, to this. But whenever we neglect prayer, we will fall away. We are weak. We are fickle. We are not strong enough. And so it's really important that das and priests not only are rooted in their land and their people through intercessory prayer, but also through personal prayer of daily adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Time to look at Jesus Christ and to, to be loved by Jesus Christ and to love Jesus Christ in the context of prayer.
And of course, obviously, I encourage every priest to, again, that's not a promise, though. So the promise is the Liturgy of the Hours. What's really good is, in addition to the Liturgy of the Hours, is the celebration of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every day and a Holy Hour with the Blessed Sacrament every day. Now, there are a million, a million devotionals. There's rosaries, there's Divine Mercy Chaplets, there's Our Lady Perpetual Help, Novenas. And so different priests are drawn to different spiritualities. Obviously, the rosaries good for everybody, but not every priest prays the rosary every day. It's not a sin if he doesn't. That's not a church teaching. The Divine Mercy Chaplets, the prayer of Jesus Christ himself, ask us to pray um, through St. Faustina. Not every priest prays the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, it's not a sin if he doesn't. And so uh, there's different devotions that different priests are going to be drawn to. We have to keep in mind, like specifically diocesan and priests, like we, we can't just take on every good spirituality that's out there. Uh, and so if a diocesan priest is really praying the Mass every day, if he's doing a holy hour every day with the Blessed Sacrament and with Lexio Divina, with the Word of God, if he's chanting or praying the liturgy hours five times a day, if he's doing examined prayer at the end of the night, if he's doing spiritual reading as well during his day, and then obviously different devotionals that he's drawn to, whether that's the Rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet or the St. Michael's Chaplet or the Our Lady of Sorrows, the, 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 there's so many out there. Like, so if a person in the parish has a specific devotion, they shouldn't push, push their devotion onto their priest and say, well, Father, are you doing this specific prayer as well? And they're like, well, well, if he did every prayer that's out there, that would be too much. So, yeah, so just, yeah, but, but definitely what is for diocese priests is liturgy hours. And then encouragement is obviously daily mass, daily holy hour, and then the devotional that, that, that he is drawn to by the Holy Spirit to abide in intimacy with Christ. Uh, and obviously, Lexio Divina is for everybody too. Lexio Divina is the normative path for every disciple, whether you're a lay person, a religious sister, a friar, a diocesan priest, a secular priest, a married person, a single person, young, old, scripture. Uh, Lexio Divina scripture is definitely something that is good. Uh, yeah, so in the rosary is obviously helpful. Mary asks us to pray the rosary in every apparition. So Mary is our mother. She knows what she's talking about. And so... Um, yeah, that's a helpful devotion. But what is the bare minimum is the liturgy of the hours for his people and the land that he serves in. That's the bare minimum. But we should never settle for mediocrity and just the minimum. We should always strive for excellence with Christ. So pray, pray for your priests. Pray for your pastors. Pray for them to be saints. Uh, saintly, saintly pastors form saintly communities. So, And one thing that I think is also helpful is like, yeah, just even... Um, if you as, as lay people, you know, if y'all, uh, maybe your, your priest has fallen away from his prayer life. So if you started praying the Liturgy of the Hours, sometimes it inspires priests whenever priests, when priests see their people praying. So if, so I, I do know some priests who've stopped praying the Liturgy of the Hours and they're struggling their priesthood. And so if you were to buy the vault four volume set of the Liturgy of the Hours and you were like, pray it in church. Um, and he saw you praying it, that would remind him to pray. If you got to church an hour early or stayed an hour later and prayed before the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle, whether he's exposed or not exposed, that witness would inspire the priest. If the priest saw you walking the neighborhood praying the rosary, uh, walking around campus praying the rosary, that would inspire him and remind him to pray. If you show up to daily mass and are there consistently in the midst of your busy lifestyles, that would potentially inspire him to celebrate mass on his day off if he's not already doing that, which he should be doing that. Um, so there are... And there's a number of things, you know, like that can inspire priests. Like if he sees his people doing it, say, like, whoa, what happened in my life? Like, how can I... 
be too busy to pray. I'm, I'm a priest. I'm the pastor of these people. And, you know, so th- those things I think are inspiring. So instead of like always telling your priest about what they should be doing or could be doing or would be doing if they were holy, just show them like your life of prayer and your witness and your witness can inspire them to recommit, you know, to that which is, is good for them and for their people. So with that, we're going to take a break and we get back. We're going to dive into our saint for the show. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz. I am the host of the Catechism in the Year podcast. If you've been following along with us, you know that God's plan for us is a plan of sheer goodness, that he wants to bring us into a relationship with him. You know that already. One of the ways that God actually brings us into this relationship and keeps us, sustains us in this relationship is through the sacraments. Again, you might know that already. You might further know that so many of us miss out on the beauty and the power of the sacraments. But Ascension has an answer to this. Ascension has created two new programs. One is called Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation. The second is Received, Your Journey Towards First Holy Communion. We know that our youth, they're our future. And yet at the same time, it's so hard oftentimes to reach them with this incredible news of God's love for them in reconciliation, God's love for them in the Eucharist. If you wanna check out Ascension's new program, Renewed your journey towards first reconciliation and received your journey towards first communion, go to ascensionpress.com and sign up for a free preview. And we're back. Our saint for the show is a saint who uh, inspired Fulton Sheen and a saint who has inspired me to uh, pray before the Blessed Sacrament daily. And this saint is an unnamed saint from China. Um, she is a child saint from China who's a martyr. Um, and in the early 20th century, her village was attacked by a group of communists who went to her classroom and told her and her classmates to rip up all their holy cards, to spit on the crucifix, to step on their medals, to tear out the pages of the Bibles. And our classmates in fear did it, but she would not do it. As a child, she would not do it. She defied them because she knew that um, this would be wrong and disrespectful to the Lord. And so the communists were upset with her for her defiance and her disobedience. So they got her and her father and brought them to their town church and made every villager enter the church. And they questioned the girl and her father in the sanctuary by the communion row. And when the girl's father also defied them and disobeyed them, he was taken away and she never saw her dad again. And they got their guns out and they shot the tabernacle and the blessed sacrament went everywhere all over the floor. And they broke the statues and broke the stained glass windows and uh, just desecrated the church. And then they locked the pastor up in the church as a prison and put guards up outside the church and said that this church is forever shut down. You would never be able to come back to worship here again. And so, of course, everybody in the village was scared. They, they didn't go back to church because they feared for their lives. But this little girl did go back. She snuck past the guards and she crawled to the Blessed Sacrament, who was all over the floor, all over the sanctuary. And in this very uncomfortable environment, in this very dangerous environment, that was not conducive for peaceful prayer. Uh, it wasn't safe, it wasn't fun, it wasn't exciting, it wasn't easy. She would pray for an hour before the body and blood of Christ, and then she would uh, receive communion. And after she received communion, she would leave and come back the next day. And every day, it wasn't like once a week, it was every single day she did this. Every single day she put her life in danger to be with Jesus, to sit with Jesus, to stay with Jesus, to remain with Jesus, to watch Jesus and to pray. She spent this time with, with Jesus. She stayed with the Lord. Seven years old. After doing this for an entire month, there was one Eucharistic host that was left on the floor in the sanctuary. And when she went to adore Jesus, 
she accidentally knocked over a statue, made a noise, and the communist guards came in and shot her and killed her. She died for Jesus Christ. And Fulton Sheen, who's my inspiration, he said, if this little girl can do that for Jesus, then why can I not? And I'm a priest and I have a comfortable chapel, very comfortable chapel. And I think that the same is true for us. If she can commit to prayer every day, then how can we not? Maybe we might need to wake up a little bit earlier. Maybe we might need to go to bed a little bit later. Maybe we might need to set aside a space in our home for the Bible, for the rosary, for the Divine Mercy Chapel, for the Liturgy of the Hours, for our novena. Maybe if we live close enough to a church, we need to get to that church and go in the Adoration Chapel if they have perpetual adoration or go sit in an empty church by the tabernacle. Uh, there are grace that we don't get more graces for going to an adoration chapel than we do if we go into an empty church and sit or pray before the tabernacle. They're both good, true, and beautiful as Jesus. And so just as the priest is supposed to be a man of prayer, all people are supposed to be people of prayer. Jesus Christ is in the gospels when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray. And the interior life is for all of us, not just some of us, for all of us. So my encouragement would be for all of us to, um, yeah, to pray. Yeah, and, and, and remember this. Keep in mind this. Uh, I, share this. I was praying with this recently. Judas, I was reading the gospel the other day. Judas tried to find the right time to betray Jesus, and he waited till Jesus was praying. The devil entered into Judas, so the devil did not want Jesus to pray. He didn't stop Jesus from washing people's feet. He didn't stop Jesus from preaching or teaching. He tried to stop Jesus from praying. That's when the devil attacked him the most. Just like when Jesus went to go pray in, the, in the, the desert for 40 days, that's when the devil attacked him. So he doesn't want us to pray. So prayer is the most important thing that we can focus on this Holy Week. All right, with that being said, be saints, form saints, make saints, love saints. Have a great, blessed, and happy Holy Week. Until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. <laughs>